This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk. Back again with you guys for another show, for another episode of our morning series, but not the Arsenal News Show because today is just our regular raw reaction show talking about the latest Arsenal fixture, of course, in which Arsenal lost 4-0 to Liverpool on Saturday evening. The reason as to why it's taken me until Monday to do a reaction is because yesterday was my birthday, so there was just there was going to be no show. There was no show yesterday. Um, and I just said I'm going to have the day off. And then this week, we get kind of things back to normal. Uh, you should get six out of seven days. Saturday will be the only day that you don't get your show, but then we'll have another show a little bit later on on Saturday um, doing the the Newcastle reaction. Um, so you will still get a show every single day. So make sure you are subscribed to the channel if you aren't already and drop a like on today's video as well. So thirdly, uh, my throat still isn't 100% better. Uh, so apologies for that if I am a little bit grainy or I'm a little bit in need of, of some water throughout this and need to awkwardly pause. Um, but I want to talk about this game as much as possible uh, get some of your thoughts and feelings. There may be a podcast as well to get some thoughts of our regular guests. And I'll be on the Arsenal Lounge a little bit later on this evening as well at 8 o'clock UK time. So make sure that you tune in for that. Um, so there you go. And uh, thank you to everybody in the chat box uh, that's wishing me a belated birthday. Thank you. Appreciate all of the kind messages and good morning to everybody as well hope you're doing good hope you are well uh and just yeah just make sure you drop a like on the video and subscribe if you haven't done so already so look i thought that arsenal were very very well beaten um on saturday it was to set the scene i was in a pub in london which contained more liverpool fans than Arsenal fans. It was embarrassing, to be honest, um, how many more Liverpool fans there were. Never, Some of them don't think I've ever been to Liverpool, but that's another thing. Um, but it was just a little bit of a strange... It was a strange game because leading into it, I genuinely had this confidence. I had more of kind of a confidence 
about myself um, as an Arsenal fan for an Arsenal game at Anfield because we've been battered there. We've been absolutely battered at Anfield over the years. Um, five ones, four nils, five nil, whatever. Like We've been beaten very, very easily in games. Now, I don't think this game played out quite like those ones uh, in the past. In fact, I thought we were kind of in the game for the first 35 to 40 minutes of the match. Um, we were dealing with with them. We were weathering the storm, uh, if you will, of a lot of it and uh, and breaking out a few times. And had we been a little bit more clinical, a little bit smarter, uh, had Aubameyang tried to keep on side a bit more, we could have even taken the leads uh, in the game. But we didn't. And eventually a set piece, which has ironically been Arsenal's kind of advantage so far this season, is is scoring goals from set pieces that cost us. And uh, Sadio Mane, who, you know, is just not a very likeable player, is he? The amount of times he barges into players and tackles players, leads his foot, leads his elbow into challenges. Got on the end of that cross, brilliant cross, as you'd expect, from Trent Alexander-Arnold and, and headed past Ramsdale. Question about whether Ramsdale could have done, uh, done a bit better, maybe, but I think considering the games that he's played of late, you know, I can I can contextualise it. And then Arsenal go into the break, obviously just conceding uh, right before half-time, which is always a massive mental hit to a side that's put in a lot of effort to try and keep the game level, keep yourselves in things. And you start the second half and you want to see a reaction. And I don't think we saw a reaction. Even before uh, Nuno Tavares's mistake, I don't think we saw a reaction. I think we saw very much a side that um, was still a bit shell-shocked and a little bit down, a little bit disappointed from conceding. And then Tavares' mistake, look, you you don't do that. You don't play a blind pass in that position. And, of course, I was one of the people that wanted to see Nuno Tavares start. I didn't see any reason as to why uh, you would drop him. And I'm not going to turn around and say that, single moment justifies Kieran Tierney starting because who knows what Tierney would have done. I don't think he would have done that. We don't know how the game would have gone. But I think it, what was very true is that the immaturity of this side was very much shown um, in this game. And uh, I mean, we obviously the, the third and fourth goal are just, the, the game's gone at this point. Um, the game is just completely gone. Uh, the team is, the, the, the heads have gone. And I I knew that what we would see is people coming out of the woodwork after the game, people bashing Arteta, people that have been, you know, hiding behind their Arteta route, Twitter accounts. <laughs> I knew that we would see them come out of the woodwork. And we did. And a lot of people chose to really, you know, twist the knife on Arteta after the game, which you can expect. I still think it's ridiculous. Um, and by the way, this is coming from someone who's still not on the Arteta in train, as it will. I'm still very much on the fence. And uh, as I said, I want to wait till Christmas, see where we are before I kind of, you know, have a position of where I'm really standing. But to see so many people get the knives out for Mikel Arteta after this game, I thought was ridiculous. I thought was ridiculous to see him getting so heavily um, criticised when he played an 11 that most people wanted most people wanted to see um, was, yeah, really strange, um, really strange. It was only one switch that I would have made, and that was Erdogan from Lacazette at the start, just to give us a little bit more creativity and a little bit more service to Aubameyang. And so there was that. Oh, why is, the, why is, why is this not turned on? There we go. 
Uh, I was wondering why my, my laptop's gone dark. It's because we're not charging. Apologies if I cut out in a second for the uh, Wi-Fi kicking in. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I just thought it was odd. I thought it was strange. I thought that... I thought that we... I thought that to, to really go in on Arteta after um, that performance lacks a little bit of context and it lacks a little bit of, um, yeah, it lacks just context, really. I mean, you look at the previous 10 games and you look at where we are now and you go, we've really, we progressed in those 10 games. And so to someone to turn around and say that 5-0 result against Man City and the 4-0 result against Liverpool shows that we haven't made any ounce of progress is blind. It's really, really blind um, because I didn't look at that 4-0 game anywhere like I looked at the 5-0 game. In the 5-0 game against Manchester City, what we saw was a team with nothing. What we saw against City was a team that was poorly set up, a team that couldn't defend with you know really kind of average players um, I mean, in comparison to the quality that City had. Whereas in the Liverpool game, we really did compete for the first 35 to 40 minutes. We were really in that game. Even at 1-0, I was like, okay, but we've gone, we've taken a we've taken a goal. It was a really annoying goal to concede from a set piece. But we're still in this and we can come back. The difference between those two games was you had a game that was poorly managed with some really kind of poor players in and we were never going to win that. We never had a hope. Never had an ounce, a shred of hope of getting anything from City. Against Liverpool, we had a team that was very young. We had a team that was inexperienced. And we had a side that that type of game was always going to happen at some stage. And I, for one, I'm pleased to happen against Liverpool of all other teams. Because even this Arsenal side, playing to the best of its abilities will lose against that Liverpool side because they are just that good. The game didn't tell us anything about how we are in comparison to Liverpool because we know where we are in comparison to Liverpool. We know we aren't as good as them. So losing this game isn't a surprise. And I can contextualise it in comparison to the Manchester City game because the Manchester City game didn't demonstrate a side that we know aren't anywhere near as good as City. The Manchester City game was an embarrassment. Manchester City game was an awful, awful performance, an awful tactical decision to pick certain players and to choose players like Kalasinac in certain positions, playing Cedric, playing Erdogan in a number eight role next to Xhaka against Manchester City. Like, that for me was such a crucial issue. And I look at the Liverpool game and I go, we've made progress here. We've got a better team selection. He's picked the team that I think most people would have wanted by maybe Tierney or Erdegaard. And we were really in it. And it was because of the fact that these kids have been really hit with such a big, big blow after on such a high of those 10 games that that, for me, was always going to happen. So I'm not surprised we lost. I'm disappointed that we lost. But I'm certainly not going to sit here with my knives out and twist them around Mikel Arteta and say, look, wow, that was always going to happen in the sense of, yeah, we're not good enough. We're not making any progress. Nothing's changed. A lot's changed. A lot still needs to change. And we need to improve a lot more. And we need to get to a stage where we can go to Anfield and be a little bit better, a lot better than we were today. But I saw a lot of progress. I still see a lot of progress over the last 10 games. And now the biggest question before I come into the chat box, now I'm about to come to the chat box with uh, 
your comments, so get them ready, um, is that now the biggest question is how we react. It's how we now turn this around because these guys have had 10 games of buoyancy, 10 games of momentum, 10 games of confidence and ego and arrogance available to them to carry them into this game. And it has been fully shot to pieces. And now we go into a game against a side that hasn't won a single game this campaign in Newcastle with the chance to react, the chance to really, you know, get back on the horse and then go into some really tough fixtures against Everton and Manchester United and West Ham. And, you know, Leeds away from home is not an easy game. We've got some really good opportunities to get back on the horse, to build that momentum back up, to put the Arteta out agenda-holding weirdos back in their box and, uh, you know, move forwards. And, and that's a really good place to be. But if we aren't capable of doing that, and if we do lose against Newcastle, if we don't react against Newcastle and in the next games, then quite rightly, there'll be criticism because this is the chance to then, you know, push forwards from this point. And if we don't do that, it's going to be a big, big shame. Anyway, let's go into the chat box. Let's see what you guys are saying in there. And uh, and yeah, we'll, we'll get some of your thoughts. I'm just going to take a brief sip of water because my voice is going already, I can tell. <clears throat> let's, uh, let's scroll up in the chat. I'm not going to be on for too long because I can already feel my voice is uh, is getting a little bit fragile. Um, uh, let's go to Hasalu. who says, what positions do you think we need to improve to compete with the big boys? Striker, centre midfield. I think we really lack some experience blending these young players with some of the older, not older, just more experienced. 27, 28-year-olds like Partey. I thought Partey was quite poor. I thought Aubameyang was quite poor. Lacazette didn't really offer too much. They're in positions in striker and centre forward that aren't really going to impact the game if you haven't got much of the ball. But we lacked a little bit of direction and leadership and uh, and maybe that's the style that we need to bring in to the team. Nick B says, Party and Lokonga looking bad for transitions forward. Thiago Boston midfield and Fabinho is a hugely underrated. I don't think Fabinho is hugely underrated. I think he's a brilliant, brilliant footballer. Uh, Thiago had one of his best games in Liverpool shirt without a, without a shadow of a doubt. He was one of the best players on the pitch and it was kind of the... Tiago that I've not wanted to see because I don't want to see Liverpool do well, but he was the Tiago that I knew that we should have gone for as much as we could have done because he was brilliant. It was just a little Santi Cazorla orchestrating the central midfield is what he was. He was brilliant. And we really lacked that kind of, you know, calmness. We really lacked that, that edge about our midfield and we didn't have that in the team. Um, Silo says he ain't fully at fault for the game. He doesn't have in-game management and still doesn't know how to transition and attack. Our metrics for attacking are damning. And that is absolutely true. Our attacking stats, our offensiveness, if that is a word, yes, I suppose it is. How, how kind of crisp and edgy and inventive and imaginative our forward line is, is one of the worst it is. It's one of the worst it's been in an Arsenal shirt for a while. Um, because Arsenal have needed to build up this defence for a long, long time. We've been making individual mistakes, silly errors. Um, but if you can stop the opposition scoring and you only create, you know, less chances than you would previously, you've got a real chance of winning quite a few games. And Arteta's kind of turned that around for Arsenal. He's created a real good foundation for the team. But it's the other end of the pitch that's the problem. Um, and I'm not sure that he's got all the personnel right now that he needs to get the most from this team. I'm not sure that the striker he wants is a finisher. He needs someone that can finish, 
but you need someone that's going to be able to get involved with the link-up play. Bamiang's not that person, and I'm just not sure that he's got the striker right now that he wants for his perfect system. And because of that, I just don't think that we're going to see Arteta's best and most efficient attacking output while he's got the current crop of players. And someone might turn around and say that, well, it's his job. He's got to get the best. But at the end of the day, even managers like Pep Guardiola, even managers like Jurgen Klopp won't necessarily get the best from themselves until they've got the players that they need in certain positions. I think what we've seen is that we've seen Arsenal step up their distribution and their build-up play massively. You look at the introduction of Ramsdale, Tomiyasu, Ben White, Gabriel, even Nuno Tavares adding to Kieran Tierney. And adding those players has enabled Arteta to be a much better manager for the side from the way that we build up from the back. And that's a credit to him and obviously a massively more so Edu as well from the recruitment side of things. Until we see kind of the striking department really get the players or the player more so that I think Arteta wants in the striking position. We're not going to see the ultimate output. We're seeing the we're seeing some of the best output defensively because he's got the team that he wants. He's got the players that he wants in those positions. And because he's an inexperienced coach and because he's not a Conte or because he's not a, uh, a Guardiola or a Klopp or whatever, he's not necessarily going to be able to get the most from players that he didn't necessarily sign and that aren't his at the beginning. And that's a criticism that's fair. And you can turn around and say, well, we should have had a manager that could get the best from all the players. And, you know, there's a solid argument there. But however, we've got him. And so for the moment, I can really kind of contextualise and explain the reasons as to why the attacking output isn't necessarily working. Because you've got players there that aren't his. Um, and at the moment, we've got an entire front four that wasn't signed by him. Um, but it doesn't excuse um, it entirely. And he does need to make sure that he's improving. Um Furban dropping in. <clears throat> I don't think I've seen you in the chat since we last lost, ironically. Um, but it's not about excuses. It's about the reasoning behind things. The word excuses is often something that's thrown in by people with an agenda that can't actually come up with a good reason as to why we've been doing quite well over the last 10 games. And then we've lost this game. And then the instant reaction is to just batter Arteta or batter the side or batter whatever. And this is coming from someone that's in a position where I'm on the fence about Arteta. I'm not Arteta out. I'm not Arteta in. I'm very much still just waiting and seeing what's happening. And off the back of this one game, I'm not going to lose my heads. Like I've seen a lot of people lose their heads quite quite embarrassingly, to be honest. Um, yeah, it doesn't seem, Hambo, that way. That lacquer can't seemingly last beyond 60 minutes. And that's another reason why we don't need to offer him a new contract. It's that we need to be smart about this. We need to be bringing players in that can improve it. Uh, Zenth Sith says, uh, we made it too easy for Liverpool. Uh, the atmosphere got to the young players and I believe it will be a learning point for them. We did manage to beat their press a few times. Consistency is key. Yeah, there were some really good clips actually that went around, um, about Arsenal building up from the back. You probably saw them across your social feeds, um, playing through the Liverpool press. I've never seen Arsenal do that for a long, long time, but now to really play through the press, but a few times we lost it. And that's going to happen against Liverpool because they're a very, very good side. But it's in those moments where defensively you've got to be on it. And unfortunately, we weren't towards the end of the game. And uh, and that was kind of the, that, that was the issue, is that we weren't really on it for the whole match. The concentration was lost after we conceded that first goal. And that is certainly, um, certainly a... Um, for me, it's... Look, for me, it's, it, it's an indication that this side is still very young 
and that needs to improve and that they need to improve kind of their mental state regarding games when they do go a goal behind or when things start to unravel and aren't going well. They lost their heads entirely. And even Arteta lost his head on the touchline, which I know in the moment I really enjoyed, but I was speaking to Bailey, um, my colleague at the Arsenal way, and he was talking about how it kind of, that was at the point where things did start going wrong and maybe it wasn't the best, um, you know, it wasn't the best situation um, for us really. Um, <coughs> oh, dearie me. It started to go now. The voice was starting to go there. We've got it, Brett. We brought it back, but I won't be on for too much longer. I can feel it going. And I've got to do another show at 9.30. So I need to preserve it. Um, Running with Skizza says, these boys are getting better with every outing as a unit. This will galvanise them, I think. Uh, Matt M says, I thought Ben White was particularly poor. Made it too easy for Jota for his goal and completely lost confidence on the ball after a failed dribble on five minutes. I expect better from him. You know, it was one of his, it's probably his worst game for the last, what, six or seven that he's had. I can probably forgive that one. It's now about how he reacts in the game against Newcastle. Griefhampton says the main difference is senior players live with play at the highest level. Youngsters can just focus on doing their thing. The only comparable Arsenal player yesterday, maybe Partey, who wasn't 100%. I'm just going to have a look at the Liverpool side. Played that game. Um, and, uh, and kind of just the age difference between those players is a big one. Um, you look at Alisson, 29. Uh, Trent, obviously, is one of their younger players, but even he, still just 23, uh, who is ironically older than quite a few of our defenders in that team. Virgil van Dijk is 30. Joel Matip, 30. Uh, Shimakas, 25. Uh, Fabinho, 20, uh, 28. He's 28, really. I thought he was younger than that. Thiago, 30. Oxley chamberlain 28. Mane, 29. Salah, 29. Uh, and Diogo Jota is 24. Their average age must have been about 27, uh, maybe even 28 that game. And I think that the difference between the average age of the two teams um, is certain was certainly a big, big showing. Uh, and it really did show the difference in experience, the difference in quality. And just in those difficult moments, Liverpool just were able to outshine Arsenal, kept their heads and were ruthless at the end, which is what counted. Now, uh, thankfully, we're going to wrap things up there because as, as you can probably hear, my voice is gone. It's going and uh, I've got another show to do at 9.30, which hopefully my voice will be recovered by. So uh, we will wrap things up there. I'm going to do another, another show, hopefully this evening slash afternoon with some of the guys, the regulars in the podcast around five o'clock. And then I'll be on the Arsenal Lounge this afternoon or this evening at 8 p.m. UK time. But other than that, it's been an absolute pleasure to speak to all of you. I'm going to wrap things up quickly because it's going to go. I can feel it. Drop a like, subscribe, and as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dip in and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your delivery. You in? At participating restaurants 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 
And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.